The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to The Power to Create Yourself with Ross Ramin. If you or someone you are close to is dealing with addiction, there are so many programs out there that can help you. But how do you gauge which ones are going to work the best for you? Some are expensive. Some deal with some of the issues, but don't get to the heart of the matter. Others treat the problem at a basic level, but don't determine ultimate success. Join us now for an hour that sets out to be truly groundbreaking and will help you discover how to find the best program for your addiction problem. Now, here is Ross Ramin. Hi, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us this week. This is Ross Ramin, and we're coming to you from the Rebos Treatment Center in Los Angeles, California. Thanks so much. We appreciate uh, you joining uh, me each and every week, um, each and every Tuesday. Um, means the world to me. Anyways, today we have another episode of our client files. Uh, we're getting such amazing feedback from people. Um, the fact that I bring in people at various stages of sobriety from days to weeks to months to years. And they all have different stories. Um, and the bottom line of all these stories is um, whether it's me or our guest today, who's, uh, her name is Jules, it all kind of comes together in the same way. We have a life that's totally unmanageable um, and we want to change it. And during that time of trying to change it, there's a lot of pitfalls. There's a lot of places that we kind of paint ourselves into corners. We get into trouble. Um Sometimes it takes more than one try, uh, which there's not much in this world that doesn't take more than one try. Unfortunately, trying too many times when it comes to drugs and alcohol, uh, you don't know when your last try is there. Um, so a lot of people end up dying, and it's um, it's uh, it's heart it's heart wrenching. So, anywho, today we have Jules. Jules, welcome to the show. Hi. Um, I'm great. Thank you. Jules is 23. You're from out east. Yes. Um, you, uh, your drugs of choice of heroin, yeah. meth, um, cocaine, booze, kind of in that order, yeah. I would say. Um, you have been, um, in two years, you, you threw out the number of treatments as you've been to 30 treatments. That's correct. Um, and I, you know, you had said you've been to inpatient this amount of times. Has it really, would you call them 30 treatments or, you know, a lot of times now they have, you know, you go, have you relapsed in between of each one of those or are you counting like detox is one and then no relapse and then you go to an, then you go to an inpatient or an outpatient is two, is that one, two, or do you, or do you break it up with, if there's a relapse in the middle, are you counting that? Um, I mean, after I get out of treatment, a lot of the times when I did go to detox, it was just to get some shelter. So it wasn't really about getting clean at that point. Wow. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, after each one, I do consider them a relapse, you know, going back and deciding to live that life again after, you know, trying to get off the drugs. Yeah. So, um, 
And now you've been sober for oh, 30 days? Yeah, almost 30 days. When now. will it be 30 days? Uh, it will be 30 days in a week. In a week. Yes. So you're, you're, so what are you, 20 days now? Yeah. Okay. So you're 20 days. Let's call it what it is. Okay. You know, let's just keep yeah. it what it is. Um, I'm all about giving you the 30 days, but let's get to the 30 <laughs> days. So you're 20, 22 days right mm-hmm. now, um, free of heroin. Yes. Correct? That's what brought you in. All drugs. Heroin is number one, though. That's really put, you know, put me on my bottom. That's the so. lover. That's yeah. the lover. Yeah. So to say. Number one. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Um, how long? When did you start? Let's start from the beginning. When? When? When did all this start? I started drinking at the age of thirteen, and it was that aha moment for me. Just I found that relief in alcohol. Wow. And then. Um, I just wanted to keep doing it, and it just progressed. Since I started young, it just turned to pot. The pot turned to cocaine, and then pills came in the picture. And then once the pills became expensive and out of, you know, hard to get, that's when heroin came in. You know, they were like, heroin's the same as these pills that, you know, the same feeling. And at first I was like, oh, hell no, I'm not doing that. And then, you know, once I started doing it, it just became normal almost, you know, so. So 13, what are you, 7th grade, 8th grade? I was in eighth grade. Okay, yeah. eighth grade. When did you start doing cocaine? Probably at the age of 16, 17, just at parties and stuff. So junior in high school? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Then when did the pills kick in? Did you go to college? Yeah, I went to college. Where'd you go? I went to Philadelphia University. Yeah. I studied fashion, and um, the whole time I was strung out on heroin, and I made it to junior year before getting kicked out. I mean, I didn't get kicked out. I was put on medical leave to go to rehab. I just haven't made it back to college yet because I've been struggling to stay clean. Yeah. So, um... How are you doing heroin? Are you uh, IV? I started off sniffing it for about a good year, and then um, I started IVing it and never went back. What was that day like when you switched? I remember the day that I went from snorting cocaine to smoking it. Mm. And it was life-changing to me. Absolutely. What happened to you the day you went from snorting heroin to IV? I mean, that's... I mean, from snorting to snorting to smoking, that's, you know, you're kind of close there. But, I mean, when you're going into a, I mean, from to an IV use, you're sticking a needle in your arm. Yeah. That's a big change. I mean, that's like, that's a commitment. What, what was that day? How'd that go down? Uh, well, I was snorting it for a while, and I guess the effects of snorting it weren't doing what I wanted them to do anymore. And my, one of my friends came over to my ex's house. And she was doing, she was IVing, and I was like, I want to do this the right way, you know, the way that you're supposed to do heroin. You know, I was, obviously, my thinking was not right. And so that day, we just did it, and it was like that aha moment again, like when I had my first drink, and it was just, it was just, that feeling was, that warmth feeling, and just the feeling of, I don't know, just relief again. And I just never went back. Wow. I just, like, fell in love with it. So, yeah. That's heavy. It's nuts. Yeah. What about your family? Mom, dad, brothers, sisters? Um, My parents are still together. Um, They hate it. You know, they're very supportive, though. They've always been very supportive of me. Has this just rocked their world? I mean... Absolutely. You don't look like a heroin addict. (laughs) You know, and I don't think a lot of the people that come in here do. You know, a lot of the people, it's... I had a girl on here a few weeks ago, and it's like you look at her, and she just looks like the girl next door. Mm-hmm. You look like the girl next door, mm-hmm. and but that's how you roll. I mean, that's I mean, I'm 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 wearing a Brooks Brothers shirt. You know, it's like nobody nobody looks at me and goes, "That guy smokes used to smoke a lot of crack." You know, like it just <laughs> yeah. doesn't happen. No. 
you know, and it's it's kind of odd. What what did this do to your family? Are they well? Let's talk this. What happened the first time you went to treatment? How'd that go down? I mean, how did you get into treatment? Was there intervention? Did your family? Did your dad come knocking on the door? What what went down? I was living at my ex boyfriend's house, and uh, I was with. He was your boyfriend at the time. Yeah. Okay. And I've been I was with him for a couple of years, and that was kind of my using buddy, and. He just went off into this crazy psychosis for a whole week and we got in this huge fight and it just was, it was either, I, at that point I accepted the fact that I was going to die of an overdose in that house and I just really didn't care. But after he went into this huge psychosis and was just like trying to kill me basically. Um, what do you mean he was trying to kill you? He was just, he lost his mind and was just trying to kick me out of his house and um getting physically violent with you yeah yeah it got really bad and um i was like i have to get out of here i called my mom she knew i was doing heroin too so she knew i needed help and i called her i was like mom i need to get out of here she picked me up and then i went to treatment and it was just at that point where it was like i was shooting heroin for over a year at that point and like i just what i was dying your mom came and picked you up because you said you had to get out of there yeah and she comes, picks you up, literally in her car? Yeah. And then did you just go right to treatment from there? Did you go home, talk it over with the family? Did you, I mean, how'd that whole roll out? Um, the thing is, they were going on vacation, family vacation in Wildwood, in Jersey. And um, they were like, we're still going. So I went with them for mm-hmm. a couple of days. And I was, you know. Are you dope sick while you're there? I, I brought drugs with me. Okay. And enough to get me through. And um, I remember that morning I woke up and they were taking me to detox. It's down in South Jersey, and I woke up so pissed because I had no drugs left. I like I remember. So I, this is a couple days into the vacation. Yeah, like three days. Um, I just ran out of drugs. I woke up so mad. I like ripped the sheets off the bed, and it's just like I was so mad. But um, and that was a hard detox because I was using for a while. But um, it felt really good to get clean that first time to feel again, not to be numb. It was really incredible. Like I didn't realize how dead inside I was, you know. So to feel again, yeah, and not to be gnome. Yeah, it was crazy. I didn't realize, you know. You didn't realize how checked out you actually were. Yeah, I didn't. I had no idea. No idea. Nobody gets it, and, and even I don't get it now. I own my own treatment center. I've been through all of this stuff, and you're dealing with the most powerful substances, mm-hmm. objects on the entire planet. You think about it, heroin has been, they've been fighting wars over heroin for, for years. Yeah. I mean, honestly, for years, they've been fighting wars over and over in Afghanistan, over poppy fields. That's all they've been doing. And they, um, it's just mind-blowing. Yeah. And what, what was the day when you're like, I want to do heroin? Like, to, to sniff heroin, like what? Where was the logic in that? I mean, that's that's a big step. I mean, what you did this in college was the first time? Uh, or high right school? Bef- it was right before college, like the summer before college. And it was because the pills became such a huge thing. What the kind Roxy's, of pills? The Roxy's, the Blue's, oh. um, the 30 milligrams. And um, I didn't think those were bad. I didn't really second guess doing those because it was a pill, you know? Yeah. But, and then once my friend was like, well, I can't get pills. I can get heroin. And I was like, I, w- I don't do that. At first, I denied it. And then after a while, he was like, it's the same thing as the pills, though. It's the same thing. It's the same feeling. Uh, you won't feel like crap anymore. You won't be sick anymore. And so it just, 
the way he just said that it made made it okay, I guess, in a weird way. And and then I just did it, and then it and became, then you graduated. Yeah, and that's what happened. I just kept graduating to new drugs, and I was like, oh, I like drugs, so I'm going to keep trying all of them. You know, wow. I guess it's my logic, and it if that makes sense, but yeah it's mind-blowing yeah <laughs> you go from that to like yeah it'll be fine no big deal yeah. you know we'll sniff this in your head tells you everything will be okay when it won't be yeah i had no idea what i was getting myself into either i was really naive about withdrawal and dependence and you know i just wasn't thinking like that well i was just thinking to have fun yeah yeah. It's summer. You're going into college. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I did a lot of crazy things. That summer before college was mind-blowing for me. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know, you just picked it up. You picked it up a level of just, the craziness just went to another place. Mm-hmm. It just went to a whole other place. What do you think is, so, you're on vacation, you're with your mom and dad, mm-hmm. you just got kicked out, or you just left your your boyfriend's house at the time, mm-hmm. You go on vacation to South Jersey? Yeah. Okay. South New Jersey. You're down there on vacation. You're slamming dope. And um, you have the rig. You have the whole thing with you? Yeah. Uh-huh. And do, you, do, do your parents know that you're slamming dope in, on this vacation? Do they even know what was going on at that house? Or do they just think that the boyfriend was crazy? Well, they, they, my boyfriend was crazy. They knew that. Um, Is that the only side of no. the story that they knew? No, they knew pretty much everything. Uh, they've tried to get me out of the house, but I, I would, you know, I just basically cut them off. Like, they weren't part of my life anymore. I didn't want anything to do with my family. Uh, and they knew I was doing dope on the vacation, but they also knew that if I didn't do dope, I would be in the room, like, not able to do anything. Yeah. So... You know, they couldn't really control it. No one could really tell me what to do. Like, I just did whatever I wanted, and, you know, they didn't know what to do. No. And I don't blame them for well, How are they supposed to know? I mean, exactly. even if you've been through this, you don't know really what to do. Yeah. I mean, it's such a, I mean, you know what to do, but, you, I mean, I run through this every day, and it's like, because everybody's like, I, I picked up a heroin addict um, Sunday mm-hmm. at the airport. And I'm at LAX, and he um, he just smokes it. Mm. And he comes off the plane, total hot mess, mm. you know, just, he's crazy, and he's got to go outside, he's got to go smoke a cigarette. Mm-hmm. So he's outside smoking a cigarette, and he's telling me all these things, and blah, blah, blah. Then he comes back in, and he's got, he goes, I got to go to the bathroom. I got to go, I got to go to the bathroom. So he goes into the family bathroom, you know, where it's like the men, women, co-ed bathroom yeah. that's like once you just lock the door. <laughs> and usually in this line, there's probably mothers, you know, trying to change babies, you know, breastfeed, whatever it is. It's a wholesome good people line, you know, for this <laughs> private bathroom. And you got this total shit show knucklehead behind him just all jacked out. And he's going to go in there and he's going to smoke some heroin. And he's mm-hmm. got to do that. And I'm thinking, I'm like, what do I, it's like... What do I do? I mean, it, but it's like, because there's, it's a kind of a dance that you have to do with a drug addict because you don't want to piss them off so that they go run and they say no, which they're probably going to say no anyway to any reasonable suggestion. And um, it's, a, it's a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you're so scared that you want it, but 
you don't want to go through it. Did you know what detox was going to be like going through it? I had an idea. Um, it lasted for a long time. It lingered for a while. What's a long time? I would say about a month and a half, you know. Well, it was intense. Short term was pretty intense. Oh, yeah, short term. Yeah. And then it, it did the waves. Yeah. It went up and down, right? Yeah. See, I've never, I've never done heroin. I've never yeah. done it. I just, I know a lot about it. Yeah. <laughs> I've just never done it. Yeah, it's just oh. very cold all the time and just sneezing a lot, like lingering. Yeah. And, uh, Did your bones feel like razor blades inside your skin? Well, when I went to detox, I was on medicine, so it helps. But uh, so I didn't really have that much intensity. But it was more like just hot and cold, can't sit still, restless, fatigue. Yeah, just all over the place, couldn't think straight. You know, um, and it just drove me insane. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, we got to take a quick break, and I'll, I kind of want to get into how you got into how you and I have met today. Like, what went on that last time around and why this is going to be different for you. We're talking with Jules right now. Jules is um, 23 years old. Um, you've been through an obscene amount of treatments uh, from the gnarliest drugs on the planet. Heroin, meth, cocaine. Um, it's not easy right now. And you have self-admitted that sometimes um, you went into treatment just for shelter. I want to know about that. Are you in for shelter right now? I want to know about that. Um, so anyways, we'll be right back. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. Getting sober isn't just about not drinking and not doing drugs. It's a way of life. At Rebos, we have a team of talented professionals, each with their own clear and distinct message to walk clients from the darkest point in their lives out into the light. Rebos offers a carefully curated selection of groups and workshops in addition to a minimum of six individual sessions per week. At Rebos, we believe there are no cookie-cutter clients, and we meet every individual where they are at today. It's not a Rebos program. It's your program. Our team wants to help as many people as possible become who they want to be. And if you don't know who you want to be, we'll help you. Visit Rebostreatment.com to learn more about the Rebos Treatment Center. That's R-E-B-O-S Treatment.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Why? Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. 
out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to The Power to Create Yourself with Ross Ramin. To find out more about Ross and the program, visit the Rebos Treatment Center website at rebostreatment.com. Now, back to The Power to Create Yourself. Hi, welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining us. Um, if you'd like to hear more about our program here at Rebos, you can go to Rebos, R-E-B-O-S, treatment.com. Uh, Rebos is sober spelled backwards. And you can find out more about what we do here from our sober livings to detox to inpatient, outpatient, the whole bit. Um, we're sitting here with uh, Jules. She's 23 years old. Thanks for joining us, Jules. Thank you. I appreciate it. I love having you on and just hearing about what your path has been. I didn't go through 30. I went through eight and a half treatments you went through 30 and i went through eight and a half over probably about 10 years Mm -hmm. um and not to say that your journey was less than mine or more than mine it's just that was just your journey um you um you admitted um earlier that you went to some treatments for shelter yeah well you uh, you and i have a lot in common because i did that too i did that too i literally went to i think it was my second to last or third to last treatment specifically to get I was trying to shake the police. Mm-hmm. I just wanted, I, I knew that they were sniffing around. I just, I didn't see them, but it's just, I don't know, just something. I was, I was dealing drugs. I was doing stuff that I shouldn't have been doing. And it was just inevitable. It was just time, you know, and I remember I was going to go away for two weeks and I was making phone calls back and forth to people where I used to live. This was up in Lake Tahoe and I ended up staying for, I think it was six or seven weeks mm. and to get back. And I remember I stayed straight that whole time, um, wasn't doing any coke, wasn't drinking, nothing. And uh, when I came back, I literally, I did, I was doing drugs within 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Within 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And it would have been sooner if I didn't have to drive from Los Angeles, the eight hours up to Lake Tahoe, mm-hmm. eight or nine hours, it would have been sooner Yeah. Um, if I would have flown. But it took me all that time, and then it was late. I was just tired from the drives. So I just went to sleep. Um, but why? So you're in your, give or take, your 30th treatment right now. Are you looking for shelter right now? Um, I wouldn't say I'm looking. I mean, of course, that is what, you know, you get out of this. You do get shelter. But it's not like how it used to be. I'm not living. I'm not coming off the streets and it's it is different for me this time you know I've gone through so much in the past two years just being in and out of treatments and for some reason in this last relapse something just clicked in my brain where it's just I don't want to go back anymore you know I don't want to go back what what happened during the last relapse it wasn't you know I've had a lot more serious relapses where worse things have happened but I can't even explain it to you it was just like eye opener like I just don't want to do this anymore I can't fight this anymore you know I'm just tired of fighting it's hard it gets like especially after two years just in and out in and out it's hard to start over so many times so um, if you were to die knock on wood yeah today mm-hmm. how far back would they have to go in order to give you a proper eulogy at your funeral to say who you were because do you think they would want to bring up the jewels of the last two years? 
plus, I mean, how far back? I mean, you've been going in and out of this for two years. How long have you been doing drugs since you were 13? Yeah. 10 years. They'd have to go back over 10 years to talk about who you actually were. Mm -hmm. Do you remember how sweet she was? Remember that nice girl? Yeah. Think about that. Mm. It's kind of nuts. Yeah. They have nothing, like, that's how far back they have to go. All they would say about the last couple of years she's been trying. Mm. It's kind of creepy. That scared the hell out of me. Somebody told me that once, and I was like, oh, boy. Yeah, I've never thought of it like that before. It's called, I call it the dash. You know, between wow. you know between your birthday and the date you died, there's that dash. So what, what would your dash say about you? Mm. And somebody, a counselor said that to me once during one of my treatments, and it just, it, it, it rattled me. Mm-hmm. It really did. I remember sitting around, you know, before I went in this last time, and for, for the, literally the last time, um, and I used to, I was, I was prepared to die. When I would go buy drugs, I would leave. I used to, I, I, this is my wedding ring, but this was my dad's wedding ring, and I used to wear it over here on this hand. And then when I got married, I just moved it over to my left hand. I used to leave this on the counter, and I would leave certain things, invisible places, so that if I didn't return, that they would be able to find, you know, family heirloom type stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how it was rolling. I used to Google, you know, what does it take, what does it taste like in your mouth before you die? <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Like, like yeah. they, they would know. Some girl told me the other weekend, you'll, you'll smell toast. I was like, boy, I don't know. She's out of her mind. Um, <laughs> I don't think you'll so. smell toast. And I was just like, that's not a bad, you know. Yeah. Um, but that's how we roll, people like you and I. So when you, so when you came in this last time, what, I remember what, I mean, my last time, I remember getting on the plane like, this is it. My family wouldn't let me come back home. Yeah, they won't let me come home at this point. They won't? No. And it's probably better that way. You know, I've... What would your family say to you? Tell me about that. They were just... You know, I've asked to come home just because I'm I'm a runner. You know, this is the fourth state I'm trying to get clean in. And it's easy for me to get up and run away when things aren't going the way I want them to. And just to run back home. And I do that all the time. And they, were, they just said, no, you have to stay out there and... It's hard because I am so far away from home, but you know I'm I'm grateful that I'm here and have this. What are you spooked about? I mean, why would you run? What What are you running? What are you running to? What are you looking for? Do you think? I guess I'm just running to what what's comfortable. You know, running back to my past, my old life, using. You know, if I go back home, I'm, that's what's going to end up happening most likely. At this point. Yeah. Well, it's all you know. Yeah, exactly. Your 13-year-old life, I mean, when you were 13, when you started drinking and doing all that stuff, you were an adolescent. I mean, you started doing drugs right at puberty. If you think about it, Mm -hmm. you have never had a substance-free adult life. Yeah, which makes it really hard. You don't know how to be an adult. Yeah, I don't. You have no idea. And I say that with love and respect. I was 30 years old, and I didn't know how to be an adult. All my friends are married, having kids, have like careers, not jobs, careers. <laughs> and I'm 30 years old and they're, you know, I'm like, this is, forget about the drug use. It's like, I have, I have to know how to become a man and I have to know how to be an adult. I have to pay taxes. Mm-hmm. I have to get a job. Not only do I have to get a job, but I have to show up to the job. Like, this is not normal. 
I didn't know what it was. So what, I mean, the drug, getting over drugs was easy. The adult part was, that was the kick in the teeth. Yeah. Yeah, it is hard. And I, I do things today that I, I usually didn't do in sobriety that are adulting more so. Like what? Like little things, just like going to the dentist or going to the doctors, you know, like those things I wouldn't do before because I just didn't care. You no. Know, I didn't care if I, there was a cavity or whatever the case may be. I just didn't care. You were doing probably a lot of things to your body that you could give really, yeah, give a shit about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And today I care. You know, I want to live a good life and be happy and be healthy. What What's the old you? What's the old, you know, I don't think you know, you don't know who the new Jules is yet, do you? No, I don't. You have no idea? Not yet. <laughs> that was a brave thing to say. I don't. I'll say probably about 95% of the people that I talk to, they're like, oh, yeah, I know who it is. And they just come in here with an ego. And I'm like, how could you know that? Yeah. Um, so you don't. That's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm into that. I don't know who I don't know who the new Ross is going to be either. So that's okay. So then let's talk about this. Who's the old you? Who don't you want to be? A liar, cheater. A liar? I'm going to write these down. <laughs> so liar... Cheaters, a thief. You're stealing stuff? Oh, yeah. Really? What do you like stealing? I mean, I've gotten arrested for theft before. You know, I would, um, if I, like, I worked in stores and things, and I would just steal steal stuff and resell it, and, or I'd steal from my family. I'd steal from whoever, you know? Is that how you got money to pay for drugs? What else would you do? Um... I did a I did basically everything under the sun you could do. That's not you know. <clears throat> it's just gotten it got worse and worse every time I relapsed. Uh, me and my ex would steal credit cards. That's how it started. Uh, How'd you get the credit cards? His dad, and it'd be like thousands of dollars on these credit cards every month uh, between the both of us. And uh, then I'd start selling things like I'd start selling all my clothing. I'd start selling you know my my Mac. My MacBook's gone. I just handed that over to the drug dealer like it was nothing, you know. Um, <laughs> it's a $1,500 item, and you yeah. probably got a $20 bag of dope for it. Uh, a little more than that, but it's still not worth it. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, just like, it, that's the craziness, because I got that MacBook in for college, and it was so, so great, you know, and I just... It was like nothing to me at that time. I was like, I don't even care about this MacBook. Or like all my clothes. You know, I love clothes. I went to school for fashion. I sold every all my clothes. I stole my mom's gold jewelry, you know, little by little. And then one day I just took it all. Like, Wow. Know, it's just how, just not caring. Just, how the, you stole yeah. your mom's jewelry. Yeah. That was, from, that was a couple years ago in the beginning. So I would just go to any lengths, you know, it didn't matter what I had to do I was really desperate <laughs> and sick so that's amazing yeah that's really amazing yeah I just didn't want same way just mind blowing mind blowing so what what do you do to, what do you do like today are you having urges are you having cravings Honestly, I, I haven't been having strong urges at all. Uh, to Are you still going through a little detox now? No. Do you notice things at all? Not really. No. Um, this past time, I used for like a week. Yeah. So um, I went through my detox already, and uh, 
But yeah, things are just different this time for me. Um, I got the sponsor. I go, I go to more meetings than I ever have out here before. You know, I'm just doing things differently. Just thinking differently. I pray every day. Um, you know, I'm just, I hold myself accountable. I wake up in the morning. I don't drag myself out of bed and set 10 alarms, you know, wishing I didn't have to get up. And I just... You can get out of bed with one alarm now. Yeah, I do, actually. It's kind of nuts, right? Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> you don't have to have an alarm in the next room that you have to yeah. literally physically get out of bed and walk all the way down the hall to get. Yeah. Totally get it. So it's just like little things like that that have changed for me this time. There's nothing different between you and I. Yeah. There's nothing. I'm 41, you're 23, mm-hmm. and I did the exact same things. Mm-hmm. Same shit. Same shit, different day. Yep. There's a thing in our head that says, get creepy, you know, <laughs> while you're doing drugs. Get really creepy, do a lot of crap that you would normally wouldn't do, yep. and then, yeah. And now you're trying to get straight. Yeah, I've been trying for a while. You know, it's taken a lot of bumps when, in the road. Let me ask you this. Okay. You say you've been trying to get straight for a while. Yeah. I say false. Mm. Because, I mean, honestly, think about this. Like, right when we started the show, you said you were almost 30 days sober. Then I said, well, how sober are you? And then it really turns out that you're in the low 20s. Mm-hmm. So you overplayed that. So you kind of lied to yourself. So when I say... And I don't mean to disrespect you in any way, but this is where your head goes. Let's keep facts, facts. You've been trying to get straight for a while. You know, I always said to myself, people say, how many times have you been through treatment? And I said, eight, but really just one, because I actually really did what I was told to do to a T once. Mm. So how long do you think you've actually been trying to get straight? I mean, trying and doing are different. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe trying, I know, maybe not trying to the best of my ability, but trying as much as I could at the time, you know, I'm just, I feel like I needed to go through a lot like of lessons and hard, I feel like I needed to dig deeper in order to really understand what I want, mm-hmm. unfortunately, I mean, not everyone has to go through that, but I had to, you know, I had to go through all those. You had to test the waters, you had I to go had back to, and yeah. get more and uh, um, as one guy said to me, you got to go get, you know, a deeper education on how to kick your own ass. Yeah, absolutely. That sucks. But I definitely, like, went into recovery a lot, not doing what I was told to do, you know. I mean, honestly, you can do 99% of what we tell you to do here, and you will fail. Mm-hmm. That that was a hard pill for me to swallow. 99% of what we tell you to do, because it's kind of like cancer. If you go and the doctor says you get, congratulations, you know, God forbid you had cancer, God forbid. And they're like, well, we went in and we got 99% of it. Would you feel relieved? Or would you be like, sweet, I got 1% in me, which everybody knows 1% turns into 2, which turns into 5, 10, 20, and then you're right back to where you were. Yeah. It's the same thing. And so that's... You know, I would do 99% of what they told me to do, and then the 1% would just just grow, like literally grow into a whole nother addict. Yeah. Th- that's deeper and darker and gnarlier. 
you have to just want it like for yourself, I feel. You know, you can do all these things, but if you truly don't want it, then it's not going to happen. Let's get to that. Let's get to what bottom is, and let's get to get, you know, let's take a quick break. Okay. And let's get to what bottom is and wanting it for yourself or who to want it for. Cool? Yeah. All right. Cool. We're going to take a quick break. Thanks for joining us. If you want to hear more about what we're talking about today, you can catch us. And if you missed anything, please uh, look me up on iTunes. Um, and you can catch all our this episode and other episodes that we've had. And we will be right back. Thanks so much. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. Getting sober isn't just about not drinking and not doing drugs. It's a way of life. At Rebos, we have a team of talented professionals, each with their own clear and distinct message to walk clients from the darkest point in their lives out into the light. Rebos offers a carefully curated selection of groups and workshops in addition to a minimum of six individual sessions per week. At Rebos, we believe there are no cookie-cutter clients. And we meet every individual where they are at today. It's not a Rebos program. It's your program. Our team wants to help as many people as possible become who they want to be. And if you don't know who you want to be, we'll help you. Visit RebosTreatment.com to learn more about the Rebos Treatment Center. That's R-E-B-O-S Treatment.com. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to The Power to Create Yourself with Ross Ramin. To find out more about Ross and the program, visit the Rebos Treatment Center website at rebostreatment.com. Now, back to The Power to Create Yourself. Hey, thanks for joining us again. Uh, welcome back to the show. Um, this is The Power to Create Yourself, and we have another episode of Client Files. Um, we're talking with Jules right now, and um, Jules, you got a hell of a story. You really do. You do not. I, and I, lo- I love it. I love my job because I see people every day. And just visibly seeing you, you look like the girl next door, and you're a hope to die heroin addict. Mm-hmm. Yep. It is what it is. Yeah. You will lie, you will cheat, you will steal from your family, from friends, from strangers. You give up your, you know, you give up your computer for, you know, not even a fraction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, pawn it to a drug dealer for what you want. 
and you know, and you're 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 23. I'm 41, and our stories are very similar. Mm-hmm. They are different substances. I was a crackhead, like cocaine. You like heroin, but it makes you go to the same place, yeah. both out of desperation, then out of sadness. Mm-hmm. Um, before the break, I I said, let's talk about bottom, and let's talk about wanting it, because like I said to you before, and which was very relevant for me, is I want I, I did I don't think I looking back on it now I didn't know this, but. I only really wanted it 100% the last time I went through treatment. And I didn't know that then, but now looking back on it, I can kind of see how the how the game played out for myself. Mm-hmm. There's times I went in there, I, was, I thought I really wanted it, but it only turned out that I really wanted it about 90%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just, you know, the same thing. And my idea of hitting bottom for me, and I'd love to know what your opinion, but I remember... The guy told me, this one guy who went to treatment center, he goes, you have to be so sick of doing drugs that that'll make you stop. I literally remember buying $9,000 worth of cocaine, powdered cocaine. And I'm like, I'm going to do all of this. And then I'm going to be sick of it. That's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'll be so sick of it and I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. And I got done with about $6,000 of it. And I wasn't even high. I like to call it, and excuse my French, but I call it fucked up because I was hallucinating. I was out of my gourd and I was three days into it with no sleep, no food. And I was just, I was crazy. Yeah. I was absolutely out of my mind. Yeah. <clears throat> and I realized looking back, and I don't know if this is relevant for you, that there is no bottom. Because the one thing I kept finding out through all the treatments I went through, and you went through a lot more than I did, is... I feel like I'm in. I feel like I'm in a hole. That I have the world's sharpest shovel, that will never break, and I can keep digging that hole as deep as I wanted to d- to dig it. The only thing difference is, the rope ladder that's down that hole hole that I can climb out of, um, gets rickettier, and more frail, and harder to climb the mm-hmm. deeper and the longer it gets, and. So there is no bottom. What, what do you think about that? What do you think about wanting it? And what do you think about bottom? I think that bottom, it's just, you can always dig deeper. Uh, every time I've relapsed, I'll say, oh, I'll never do this. Um, I'll never do that, you know. And every time I've relapsed, all those nevers that I said I never do come true. You know, you just keep digging deeper and deeper. Like, I'll never get arrested. I'll never get caught, you know. And I end up getting arrested and getting caught. And... Uh, I do, I do believe that, that it, your bottom does get worse. It's just, it's, it's all on if you, you know, it's all up to you on what your bottom is. And if you, if you've hit it, if you hit it hard enough, you know, if you've hit that, that low point hard enough and if you're done and, um, you know, I've gone back out after I've gone arrested and that's, that hasn't stopped me, you know, and it's, I feel like it's an, also an emotional bottom too that you hit. What do you mean by that? Nobody's ever said that to me on the show. Emotional bottom. I think I know what it means, but what do you mean by that? Just, you know, to the point where you're just so desperate and um, depressed and just, you're just so unhappy with how your life turns out. And you just, you hate yourself so much for everything that you've done and gone through. And then it's just like, I can't, you can't do it anymore. You know, can't. 
just that's just at the point I'm at now. You know, I can't keep going back. I'm just been stuck in this spot for so long, for so long. You know, so you're spinning your wheels. Yeah, just, and yeah. you're falling back. It's like you're yeah. spinning your wheels while falling down the hill. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, bottom is is tricky because you can keep digging, but sometimes you don't get that chance to come back. You know, a lot of my friends have died. I know over 50 people who have overdosed and died. You know, the first treatment center I was in two years ago, half of those people are dead now. So Isn't it weird? It's like, okay, so you're doing heroin and you're sticking a needle in your arm. You You don't know where the heroin comes from. You don't know what it's cut with. And... This is a substance that literally, it takes you to another place, but if you don't have it, it makes you violently ill, it makes you rob, makes you cheat, makes you steal, takes your soul from you. Mm-hmm. Literally takes your soul. Takes your soul, runs with it, creates a different person. You are literally a different person than you were, what you were meant to be. Mm-hmm. And you watch people die from it. So, now let's pretend that... Um, I told you, you asked me, do you like sushi? I love sushi. Yeah. <laughs> so let's pretend that you asked me, um, hey, Ross, you know, I'm new here in L.A. Where do I get the best sushi in town? And if I told you where to go and where not to go, and let's talk about where not to go first, don't go to this place. You know, it's called... Mr. Hoo-Ha's Sushi Restaurant. You will get so violently ill there because they are known to have the worst sushi and it's old fish and it's spoiled and you're going to be throwing up left and right. Mm. Now, would you go there? Probably not. No. Now, if I told you heroin, it's going to make you sick. It's going to take your family from you. You're going to steal. You're going to cheat. You're going to lie. Emotionally, it's going to rob you and steal your soul. You have a spark in your head that's like, hmm, that sounds interesting. <laughs> Let's dance with that. Yeah. And then you have proof and evidence, not just somebody's word, but you have proof and evidence that it actually does that to you, and yet you keep going back. But, like, if you got food poisoning from a sushi restaurant, you probably would never go back there. Cheeseburger restaurant, sushi, whatever it was. Food poisoning in general is violently terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's horrible. <laughs> you wouldn't have your worst enemy get food poisoning. It mm-hmm. just sucks. But what's what's up with that? Why do we do that? I feel like that's just something that I'm never, you know, going to be able to answer. I mean... Do you first- get on Yelp? Do you ever use Yelp? Yeah. You get on Yelp? And it'll tell you, you'll listen to a total stranger, and they'll give a place one star. The chances of you going to that place after it's one star, not no, happening. No. No. Not happening. <laughs> but you'll hear about 50 people that totally die in your neighborhood, in your community from heroin. But you're like, what the hell get in the world? Well, that's why addiction is so cunning and baffling, because we just... That's it's just crazy like that, you know. We hear someone OD'd off this heroin someone has, and we want to go buy it. You know, my best friend died last year in March. I relapsed two weeks later, and it's just it's it's that's what's so sickening about it, you know. So what? Let's get to what. Let's get let's get to the part now. Let's get to the good part. Okay. 
let's get to the part that's like, who do you want to be? Do you want to be a mom someday? Do you want to be a wife someday? Do you, What do you want to do? I mean, I do want to do all that eventually in the future. I mean, you're in a great spot right now, I think. You don't have anything. No. You have nothing. No. That's amazing. Yeah, I know. Think it's about great. it. You have no overhead. You don't have a job, correct? Not yet. No? You, do you have kids? No. Okay. So you don't have a job, you don't have kids. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you're free. Yes. Are you broke? Kind of. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. Yeah. No, that's fine. I, I was the same way. I had yeah. no overhead. So it's like, you don't have to dance around anything. You could create whatever you want. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Absolutely. It's and that's what I love about it, because that's what I'm holding on to right now is my There's future. a lot of people that come in here, and they've got, like, they've got bills. They've got a job that they hate. They have a wife or a husband. they got a kids. they got this. they got that. You can have whatever the hell you want right now. Mm -hmm. It's kind of cool. Time to be selfish. In a good way. In a good way, yeah. Make myself better. So what do you want to do? I'm, what are you going to do? You're 20 days sober. What are you going to do? What are you going to do to get 30 days? What's your goal? Get 30 days. I mean, I'm working with a sponsor right now. I'm working my steps. I have a job interview this week. Where? Bloomingdale's. Nice. Yeah. I'm going to go back to school. Um, I'm already looking into that. So, I don't know. I have a lot of dreams. I just don't know what is going to come of it all, but I, I know that Who there's... Who cares? Exactly. And I what, mean, what do you mean you don't know what's going to come of it at all? Like, I don't know what career I'll, I'll get out of going back to school or what I want, exactly what I want to do, but I know... Um, but is that even really important right now? No. I mean, it is important, but I just feel like that the path will... I think it'll pave itself out, you know? As long as I keep doing the right thing and keep, you know, steady and staying sober. If I stay sober, anything's possible. I so. kid you not. If you just literally... You just... Every day, you should write a list of who you don't want to be on a daily mm -hmm. basis. Yeah. Who's the jewels that you don't want to be? You know, are they, you know, the one that, um, you know, is there's a part of jewels that I'm sure that lies that that's kind of bends the truth a little bit that does this any old actions because you're the best thing you could do for yourself is literally just on a daily basis. You don't know who to be, but you definitely know what you don't want to be. Yeah. I don't, I'm almost 10 years straight and I have no idea what, what is a good choice, but I know what does not work. And I swear on everything that is mine. I go through my day of just what I know does not work. And that's how I've had all my success. Yeah. Honestly, I know it does not work. I know what makes me have an emotional overload that creates a physical desire to do drugs. So I don't run hot. Mm -hmm. I try, well, I mean, I do, but I don't, you know, I look out for those things. There are certain girls that I will not go, I'm a married guy now, but when, before when I wasn't, I would not go around this type of girl. I knew what kind of girls that took me to another level. I know what kind of guys that take me to another level that create that. I've got family members, family members at certain times of the year, <laughs> holidays, <laughs> yeah. you know, don't go near it. Yeah. Won't deal with it. Um, Physical places, I will not deal with because they create an emotion. They create a feeling that puts me down a total pitfall. Don't know where, You don't need to know where you want to go right now. Mm -hmm. But if you literally, I swear on everything, if you just go through your day, right now, it's Tuesday, okay? I guarantee you, if you go downstairs right now, you could probably pick, pick out three to four people right now that you can tell just by smelling <laughs> who's going to relapse this weekend. Yeah. 
You probably know it. Yeah, you can absolutely tell. So you already know where not to go. Mm -hmm. And you probably already know what has been the little successes that you've had in the last, you know, 20 days and during the last 30 treatments. Mm -hmm. You know what has worked for you and what hasn't. If you go back, you could put this whole thing together. What does not work for for Jules? Yeah. I try to do that to remember, you know. So you have to. Keep making those mistakes again. You Now, for the future, <laughs> you don't know what to do for the future, but you can have goals for the future. Yeah, which I do. And you so. should. And those goals, the best and the second best thing of advice is, you know, first of all, know who you don't want to be. Number two have goals but be flexible with your goals because if you really do life the way that you want to do it in the way that it's meant to be you're gonna to have to be flexible with your goals because you could miss an opportunity that's the mother load mm -hmm. so just being flexible to you know I get you want to go into fashion yeah but your idea of fashion back when you went to college in Philadelphia might be a little bit different than what the fashion door might be coming into here yeah you just keep it open for like that type of stuff. I see more people totally blow it because they aren't looking big enough with their eyes. They still have this, they're so focused with like peephole vision. Open it up because opportunities might be coming your way. And then the th number three third of advice, and that'll be it, is for this first year, any major decision, any decision in general, ask your sponsor, ask me, Ask your team, what do I do? What's up with this guy? What's up with this girl? What's up with this job? Just ask advice because your head is going to tell you everything is okay. This is one thing you know already. Your head lies. It will lie to you. It'll tell you everything is okay when it's not. It'll be okay that we snort this heroin. It's just like the pills. Mm -hmm. Look where we are now. Yeah. I can't thank you enough for joining me thank today. Thank you so much. It means the world to me. Thank it. you very much. Yeah, it was fun. We've been chatting with Jules. Jules is 23, and um, she had a crazy addiction to heroin and meth, cocaine, you name it. She's been there, done it. <laughs> um, and I'm just lucky enough that I get to sit across from you and talk about your life. It's yeah, pretty cool. Definitely. It's pretty fun. cool. I'm glad to have you here. Um, you can catch us again next week. Um, if you missed any of this episode or any other episodes that we have, please join me on iTunes underneath my podcast. And um, you can see other amazing stories and other uh, professionals in the industry giving their advice. Thanks, everybody, for joining me. We'll see you again next week. This is Ross Vermeen, and this is The Power to Create Who You Want to Be. Talk to you later. Thank you for joining us this week on The Power to Create Yourself. We hope to have you tune in again next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition with Ross Rameen on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have an enlightening week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.